my objective soul feels bad for Tennessee because of what could happen in this game because this is very much going to be a game where Georgia players are looking to redeem whatever it is in the coach's eyes. And we could come out and look bad again, which goes back and speaks to the youth of this football team. I don't think that's going to happen. I think if I'm what's Tennessee, going to happen, I wish Georgia would have won 41 nothing. Yes, absolutely. That Odom was asking for a running clock. <laughs> right. There was a stark contrast in Georgia's performances between the first three games of the year and last week's 14-point win versus Missouri. Against Austin P, South Carolina, and Middle Tennessee, the Dogs won pretty comfortably by an average of 37 points, and Prather Hudson was getting meaningful rushing attempts in the fourth quarter. But in the world of college football, your team is often most harshly judged by what they did on their last played game, sort of like a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately mentality. And certainly a lot of ink has been spilled on the sloppy play that Georgia's offense and defense displayed at times against the Tigers. Add in Kirby Smart's demonstrative and frustrated sideline demeanor and the fact that the Dogs suffered injuries to some key players during the game, the question many of us have is what kind of impact If any, will this have on the team going forward? Expectations have indeed been raised, and I, for one, think a wake-up call that comes with a victory in the fourth game of the season is the perfect kind of scenario, which could develop into a more dominant and focused team for the remaining eight games. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you're listening to episode 151 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My co-hosts Tony Waller and Will Leach join me in studio to preview the Georgia versus Tennessee game. Interestingly enough, this will only mark the 48th time that the Dogs and the Vols have played each other on the football field, a statistic that surprised me when I read it, and maybe it's surprising to you right now. But we'll touch on that unique detail and many more about this game as we build up to our own predictions of what we think will happen at 3.30 on Saturday. It's a good one today. Here's episode 151. Okay, so football. Oh, what? We're playing football? So before we get into setting the table for Georgia, Tennessee, Tony mentioned to me before we started recording that he rewatched the Georgia, Missouri game, which is not a bad thing because I mean, the more you hear people on the radio and reading blogs and everything, you'd think that Georgia really lost the game or, or came close to losing and, and they never even got within one score after it was tied seven, seven. But you know, we really did. We talked about the party going on while we were watching the football game. And I'm a little afraid that we found some group think and just like, oh, this isn't, oh, this doesn't look good. And once I sat down and rewatched the game, never once, and of course I knew how the game ended at that point, but never once did I felt like Georgia didn't have the game in hand. Never once did I think that, you know, I heard a couple of times people say, oh, Missouri threatened. Yeah, they got close. They got within what? Nine? 13. Well, they got within, they scored the touchdown 11. Two and got within 11, right? Mm-hmm. So they got within 11, which is, you know, two scores. But it never felt to me like Georgia didn't have the game within grasp. Now, I will grant, 100% grant, that the game could have been 10 nothing at halftime, right? We scored two touchdowns on um, special teams or, or defensive, defensive scores or block punts. I don't agree with the Missouri people who are willing to down the hill that that was a forward progress that stopped and they should have blown the whistle. I watched the play like 12 times <laughs> just to try to understand where they're coming from and yeah, I've seen the whistle blown there, but I've also seen the whistle not blown there and the guys break loose and go for five more yards. So, you know, whatever. Um, there are also a couple things there. We There's not a whole – there's not a different world where, you know, Georgia doesn't score if they don't get a couple of penalties called. They're just, frankly, were kind of really close calls, like the Cade May shoveling thing. That was really a terrible call. 
Jake Fromm getting like leveled from behind on a handoff <laughs> on that ended in a field goal. That that play, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Well, uh, they, they didn't get the first down. They called that penalty. Well, Georgia probably scores a touchdown after. Right. That, that was yeah. That was a missed field goal there. So I refuse to believe that there was a missed field goal. By the way, that just right. did not happen. Yeah, did, happen. did not miss a field goal. Yeah. There's a blocked happen. field goal too. There's yes. a blocked field goal. They can't blame Barbie. Which which is also uh, which which leads me to this. Georgia went on the road and played a team that I personally think is still the second team in the East, um, despite what Kentucky and South Carolina are doing right now. Mm-hmm. A team that was came out and really wanted, you know, I hate to be you know, give your best shot blogger or po- a podcaster, but they had circled this game and thought this is a game we need to really do well in if we're going to control our destiny in the East. Um, in a game which Georgia did not play their best game, were not as physical as we had seen. And I think, frankly, that's part of what all of us were saying. This isn't the same Georgia team we had been seeing play for, for 14 months, except for even the Auburn game they played physically. They just got outplayed. I am willing to say that that effort will absolutely get you a loss in the SEC championship game. It may well get you a loss at LSU. I'm still not sure there's another game on the schedule, and we'll get we'll get to Auburn in just a second. There's not another game on the schedule that makes me think it's 100% a loss if you play that way again. Speaking of, um, I happened to go and look at some highlights from Auburn. That was a 34-3 game, and they scored only two offensive touchdowns. <laughs> so that is interesting. Mm-hmm. At home, of course, after having lost to LSU, who didn't really light them. They didn't really light up LSU. So I, – it's not in that game being at home helps, right? right as right. far as the well, in Arkansas is trash. Well, in Arkansas is not a good football team. Uh, who was it? North Texas scored a bunch of points on them, and a uh, pretty awesome. And Mike Bobo beat them, and they haven't looked good. <laughs> they since they beat terrible. Yeah, Mike Arkansas. Bobo has to beat them. What else? <laughs> which which leads me to say that I am willing to say that I like being in a place where we get freaked out over a C effort that leads to a two touchdown win, right? Because that tells me yeah, a lot of probably. things now. I have to temper that as a fan to make sure I don't become one of those one of those fans is like, well, if we're just going to play, if we're just going to make the SEC championship and that's all we're going to do, we're not going to win championships. <laughs> basically, by the way, basically, this is the people want to talk bad about the Braves, right? It's like, they didn't win but one world championship. Um, yeah, sorry. I'm well, kinda, I, I know I'm you are, Scott. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, look, I'm, 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 not, I'm not here to say that about you. What <laughs> I'm here to say that is, if you can't step back and appreciate what the Braves accomplished over that time, the joyride it was, as heartbreaking it was at the end, you know, there's only so much you can do. You have to put yourself in the position to win it. Um, and the Braves said that, and frankly, that's what the dogs are doing Will you now. talk me off the ledge with the way the Falcons lost the Super Bowl also? No. Yeah, that's hard. That's hard. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing, though. It's like, yes, me talking, oh, I just I just sprang my leg. I think it'd be okay to talk about the Braves that way if they never won one. Right. Like, yeah. the Braves right. probably should have won more than one. Clearly. Right, they right. If Kent one. Herbeck weren't yeah. a cheater, for example. <laughs> but um, they got one. But they got one. And right. so that's, like, if Georgia never wins a championship, okay, then you've got something. But if but they never win a championship and go to the SEC championship game every year or nearly every year in, when, when Kirby's here, then I'll say it. If they wait, if they don't, if they don't win a championship, right? Let's say Kirby stays here ten years, right. and we go to the SEC championship eight years. We win two SEC championships after this year, right? Mm. Three in his his eight or ten years. Mm. Yeah, then you can talk about Georgia being that way. That's so, could you saying. talk about Rick being that way? I think that's exactly what part of the problem. The fan base, particularly that wanted Rick gone, that's exactly the problem. But for I mean, again, if you remember, I was very hesitant of the move. I mean, 
it clearly it's worked worked out. It's worked out. (laughs) Clearly, it's going okay. But that's, of course, the problem. I think what you're saying is. You get yourself in a position every year to be in the SEC championship game. 100%. And then you see what happens. That's right. And eventually, you should win one right. of them and win, and win the championship. But eventually, that should happen. Frankly, if they decide to pick Ohio State rather than Alabama last year, like a lot of people well, thought they might. Georgia probably wins Maybe it. Georgia does win that. Yeah. So, like, you know, you need a lot of different things to fall your way. You have to put yourself in that position. So, that said... If they put themselves in that position every time or, or eight times out of ten years and never actually get one, yep, uh, I think that I, I, there, people would be very angry. Uh, and even as an Illinois fan, I would understand. I wouldn't be angry. I would just be like, yes, yeah, we're, we're, we're cursed. Yeah, I would. Cursed. I would be. Right. You'd have to find a new word in the English dictionary to describe my level of despair. That would be that would be rough. That Ooh. would be rough. Yeah, I think that's right. That would yeah. be rough. That would be rough. <laughs> and, and of course, and that's why, of course, why we talked about the last game last year. Like, it's totally yeah. fine if you lose that way, as long as you eventually get one. And if you don't, it becomes the worst thing that's ever happened. That was actually just a really long Frank DeFord uh, essay for me to say. I like being in a place where yeah. only winning by two touchdowns on the road against an undefeated team makes me a little nervous. Well, I've got three syllables to make you feel better. Tennessee. <laughs> I had to think about that first. Yeah, I, I was did. about to. That's I was good. about to say four it feels or two. Like there are more, right? But there are well, it's, if, if yeah, I mean, Tennessee fans actually have to diagram that yeah. word to make sure. Yeah, I think that's a maximum number of syllables. I'm getting good at this. I'm really liking the the uh, the, the learning how to make fun of Tennessee. You guys and they, so well. they also had to look up syllable. So, <laughs> so I got a question for you. Are you comfortable or uncomfortable with the 32 and a half point spread? Well, since I don't, I don't bet on Georgia, it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> Certainly, it certainly feels that they are more than thirty-two points better than Tennessee. Yeah. To me, the question yeah. is whether or not they're going to well, pile it, it on the way that. Do they, you remember in two thousand sixteen? Could you take a guess at what the spread was just two years ago? Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ballpark it here and say it was. It was at home. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Georgia was a three-point favorite. I don't remember what happened in that game. Do you remember what happened? In Nothing game? happened in that game. <laughs> Tennessee was a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Tennessee was a favorite. Okay. Yes. All right. I, I was I was in here thinking, it's like, I remember Tennessee was fairly good coming mm-hmm. in that game. I, I have to say, say what you will about firing Mark Rick. 35-point <laughs> differences spread over two years. Feels like progress. That's, that feels like progress. To me. I think it's the definition of progress. <laughs> I mean, like everybody's progress. like, "Well, Tennessee's taking a step back." Well, no, Sherlock, but still, um, you need to write that time down. I'm yeah. sorry, I missed one um, last week. By the way, it's fine. Okay. The um, I think if you say "no shit, Sherlock," I think it's just a, a phrase. It's an idiom. Yeah, it's an idiom. Okay. It's, it's fully. Um, I mean, they say that word on like. Um, yeah, like it's on Sesame Street now. Yes. The, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's uh, Oscar the shit grouch. <laughs> <laughs> the um, which is actually Jeremy Jeremy Pruitt's new. <laughs> new you see what title. he did to that uh, whiteboard on the sideline? Yeah, that was that was pretty impressive. Um, I will say that if Tennessee turns the ball over six times, that thirty two points, um, the both the over and the thirty two points will get obliterated. I think after last week, I mean, I guess we'll just go ahead and straight up analyze the game without getting in too much. I think after happened what, what last week, if if we get a big lead on them. We're just going to pound the ball down their throat. I think Kirby really wants to enforce with the players. We're going to be physical, and we're. I, I feel. I feel. No, I, I can't say I feel bad. Um, <laughs> I was going to say I, I. In you know my uh, my objective soul feels bad for Tennessee because of what 
could happen this game because this is very much going to be a game where Georgia players are looking to redeem whatever it is in the coach's eyes. And we, we could come out and look bad again, which goes back and speaks to the youth of this football team. I don't think that's going to happen. I if think I'm what's Tennessee, happen, I wish Georgia would have won 41 nothing. Yes, absolutely. That they, they were loading the buses up. I mean, yeah. that, that, you know, Odom was asking for a running clock. <laughs> right. Well, Tennessee does have the burden of carrying a 0 and 10 SEC record since the end of 2016. Love it. And it doesn't look like that's going to change. And I mean, who do they have coming up? It's like Alabama and maybe well, they, South, you know, they South play Carolina Alabama in October. They play South um, Carolina in October. Um, I mean, right now LSU, like, I think, is next they have week. LSU, I think they have Arkansas. They don't have Arkansas. No, they have LSU and Alabama. <laughs> so they, you know, if you, you kind of want that to happen in the year, we're already terrible anyway. Because you're probably yeah, to get it out of the way. Yeah, you're probably yeah. not beating Mississippi State or Mississippi either. Yeah. So you might as well just get those games knocked out. Well, just to kind of set the stage, it is a three thirty CBS kickoff. You got Brad and Gary uh, up there. What are your opinions on Gary Danielson? I kind of like him. He is a good analyst. He talks too much. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like Brian Greasy last week. Um, the opposite of Brian Greasy in that he is good. <laughs> I will say that Danielson, I find Danielson both annoying and yet every time I, when Danielson calls a game, it feels like a big game. Right? That's right. I, I, I think like that's what it is. I think, that, I think that is kind of the thing. Like I think he talks too much. I think he's, there's a, a level of arrogance to him that I think it kind of can't help but shine through. But when he's doing a game, it feels like a big game. And it felt like a game, it feels like a big game no matter who his broadcaster is. Like, he, like no matter who has been his partner, when Danielson's doing a game, it feels like you're, I mean, of course, part of that is just would you com- he does the 330 game. So it's always the 330 is always the big game. But, would you compare so. an NFL uh, counterpart as being Chris Collinsworth? Um, maybe because he does the big games, and I think he kind of talks too I much. I would say more like back in the college basketball days, Billy Packer. Packer, yeah, I think yeah. Packer is exactly a, right. A guy that's that you don't really like very much, but when he's doing a game, like I've I kind of often I kind of argued about this because Clark Kellogg uh, took over until they finally realized they needed onions. Uh, they Rafferty kind of uh, get him excited, but but when Packer, because they got rid of Packer because everybody hated Packer and they couldn't wait to get rid of that guy, and he hated all the small schools. Everyone just he, play, Ripping on Billy Packer during the Final Four was like a sport. And then they got rid of him and brought in Clark Kellogg, and Clark Kellogg was so boring. He was, <laughs> he was so boring yeah. and so not fun. And we're like, wow, I kind of miss Billy Packer. They brought in Raftery, who is like exciting and also <laughs> likable. But I think that's kind of how I feel about dance. I don't think he's quite as loathsome as Packer was, but they do kind of have that like, I, disli- I don't think people really dislike Collinsworth. That much, I think it's kind of in that Joe Morgan back in baseball and Billy Packer. It feels like a big game when they're doing it. Tim McCarver would be another, mm-hmm. would be another good example of it. Uh, oh, I think McCarver's worse. Yeah. worse than Anderson. <laughs> See, I like I yeah I, I agree. These works. I think he's better than Joe Morgan. Yeah, um, well, I, yeah. So is so is my dog. But yeah, so um, that's the point. Is that like when Danielson does a game, even when he's irritating you, if you're, it's like. Gary Danielson's doing this game. We've arrived. Yeah, I think the the biggest complaint I have with Danielson is that he latches on to. The thing, capital T, capital T, and won't give up on it. And we'll talk about the thing whenever he gets a chance to, you know, whether it be Tebow or Trent Richardson or Nick Saban or, you know, Les Miles's you know, ballsiness or whatever it is. He just, and he, he never misses an opportunity to talk about that thing in games, regardless of whether that thing is on the field in front of him. That being said, He's really knowledgeable about football. He does his homework. He brings an element of intelligence to the game that, that you're watching in front of you, usually without stepping on his play-by-play guy. And also, I mean, he can be 
arrogant and a little like, come on, man, just we don't need to know you're that smart. Right. I do kind of like that he's not on Twitter. That's actually one of my favorite things about Gary Danielson. He's not like, because it's almost as if he like comes in, does this, and then disappears for a week. And then comes back, and I kind of want my analysts to do that. I don't even have Danny Cannells to start farting oh, around pit noises oh, yeah. that storms. Right? He's a great karate trainer too. Yeah. How oh, is he? Well, speaking of speaking of, speaking of losers like Danny Cannell, um, Danielson. So yeah, I, I get it now. Okay. Um, right. so this it, it sounded better in my head. This Tennessee schedule: Auburn, Alabama, South Carolina. They have Charlotte, which you would think... <laughs> which, for the record, yeah. took out Old Dominion. Right. Uh, <laughs> Kentucky at home, Missouri at home. Then they go on the road to Nashville. So, honestly, their best shot for wins, either on the road at Nashville or at home versus Kentucky. Do they play LSU? No. Is that right? Their two, two West teams are Alabama, which is their permanent right. rival in right. Auburn. Okay, it's Auburn. Yeah. Well, um, on the Georgia side, after four weeks... Georgia's scoring offense ranks 15th in the country. Not, a, not good enough, guys. 44.5 points per game. Uh, rushing offense is 17th, 250 yards a game. Touchdown scored is 15th, very respectable. 23 touchdowns altogether. Passing offense might be where we're seeing a little bit of, uh, even though Jake Fromm's passing pass completion is quite high, passing is 73rd in the nation. And then really where they're making their bones, uh, at least in the first four games, not as much against Missouri, but definitely in the first three games, total defense ranks 12th and scoring D ranks 7th. That sounds about right. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's funny. We talked about on the previous podcast last time about how we kind of hoped this might be the game where Fromm aired it out in Missouri. And it really was. I mean, obviously had that long pass, but really not – much right, like they actually didn't do very much of that. I I wonder that still feels like something they're going to have to try at some point. It's still yeah. like it'd be nice <clears> to have that in the, in the quiver a little bit, but I don't know. Like the real question about this game, honestly, is okay. How much does Kirby Smart actually want to kill him? Like last year, clearly Tennessee had to die. Yeah, like, oh, Tennessee yeah. had to die yes. last year. Yes, absolutely. The, but it wasn't Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Who coached with Kirby for six years. Which way does that cut? Yeah, exactly. Right, right. No, I was about to ask that. Maybe they were buddies. Maybe he can't stand them. We don't know. Well, and we also don't know what Pruitt said about Georgia when he got to Alabama, or frankly what he said about Kirby not hiring him. Um, has, has, uh, has Kirby talked to Aaron Murray? Does he have any thoughts about, well, I think, uh, <laughs> <laughs> about yeah. Jeremy Pruitt? Uh, but I think that's the thing. Was last year, we again, the story of last year was the revenge tour. Tennessee was like the ultimate revenge tour game, right? Like they'd lost in the most horrible possible mm. way the year before. Yeah. And there was this sense that like we are rolling and they must pay for what yeah. happened. I don't know if there's that feel this year. I don't. It feels like Tennessee is starting. I think Pruitt is the X factor in this. But it doesn't feel to me that like you're going to want to pour it on Florida because they're Florida. To, I, I, to me, the, a way to show superiority about Tennessee is to treat them like Vanderbilt, you know, or to treat them like, yeah. like, 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 you know what? We'll call off the dogs because you're not. We don't care about enough about you. What's the old Madman line? Like, what do you even think about me? I don't, I don't think about you at all. Yes, like that kind of feels. So what you're like saying is, is ten, ten Prather Hudson carries in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and with, just to be like, with, sure, we could do this. We just don't care enough yeah. about you to do. So. Yeah. Well, one of the things that might be an undertone on why they would want to put some style points or something up is that when it comes to recruiting. Nine of Tennessee's 20 recruits 
are from the state of Georgia. Yeah. They have a five-star committed, and they have four four stars, and they currently rank 12th in recruiting, which you would think, uh, as horrible as they've been, they would not be ranked 12th. And John Adams from the Knoxville News Sentinel, mm-hmm. um, he wrote an article about this because this is really weighing heavy on Tennessee folks' minds up there. And he said in his article, he said, Tennessee needs to avoid another blowout loss to the Bulldogs, not because of how it impacted them in the SEC. It's about recruiting. More specifically, it's about recruiting the state of Georgia. And I think that might be one of those undertones to this game on why you'd want to do something or maybe put the score on them late or even style points or just to, like what you just said, treat them like Vanderbilt so those recruits see, wait a minute, maybe I'm not committed to the right spot. Well, the... Here's the thing. You can have both. <laughs> um, there's no way to dance around this. Tennessee's a much worse football team than the first two SEC teams we faced on the road, mm-hmm. right? They're just they're objectively a worse team. They don't have the depth. They don't have the talent. Um, I mean, Florida uh, the is not players. very good, and they just destroyed them. Right. Florida is might be improving like yeah. people thought under Mullen, but they just destroyed them. What you basically have is you have a first-year head coach in Jeremy Pruitt who is trying to – to rebuild with, and, and there's some talent there, but he's trying to rebuild an entire culture that was literally, not to abuse this metaphor, in the trash can, right? I mean, they were so checked out of, after Butch Jones that they just weren't even, they weren't even trying. They didn't even know how to try. I mean, it's, it's really what Willie Tiger's facing at FSU. Um, it's the same, exactly the same thing, but FSU doesn't play in as tough a conference as Tennessee. Um, no, so, ACC's tough. You saw what they did last weekend. Uh, yeah, and ACC is Cuse. Here, yes, comes, here comes Cuse, right? So you know, let's let's not. I mean, let's Cuse not is work a ourselves like, contender. <laughs> like, well, yeah, like, that's, that's well, more an really indictment sad. on the ACC. Right. Virginia Tech set that conference back. Yeah, a, a ways. That was a, I watched the end of that game. That was a fun game. It was. Well, yeah, of course it was. But there's. It is is nearly impossible. I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying it's nearly impossible to work yourself into a pretzel to see a way Georgia loses this football game. Yeah. Is there a possibility this game is entirely too close in like we're we're crapping bullets or whatever sweating bullets? Whatever the metaphor is, <laughs> uh, we're sweating bullets into the fourth quarter. Yeah, of course. This is still an SEC team. Um, is it also possible that Matthew Downing plays as many snaps as Justin Fields and yeah. Jake Fromm? Yes. Yeah, I think it's very possible. Yes, it's possible. And if anything, I feel like this is kind of what you talked about. This is the, okay, Kirby Smart had a rage stroke uh, in the middle of the game last time. I'm sure it's been a tough practice, uh, tough week of practice. You can take it out on Tennessee and then figure out your stuff for Vanderbilt going into LSU. Yeah, and the part about it that, that you continue to want to see are younger guys get playing time. I mean, Ben Cleveland's out for... Four weeks at the minimum. Four weeks. You know the every everything's pointing towards at the earliest Auburn right now, which is really closer to eight weeks, but or six weeks. But you know, um, it, it looks like um, oh god, who's the receiver got hurt? Um, Tyler Simmons. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be back. The Jordan Davis, the tight end, is going to be back for the first time this season. So you know, you want to get some guys reps. Another stat I read, and I kind of verified this by going through the participation report, we took 70 guys, 66 of them played. 65 guys played at South Carolina. They are intentionally getting guys reps. And this looks like it could be another game where guys get a significant number of reps against SEC opponent. And that's what you hope for here. You, you keep the injuries down. And frankly, it looks like – I mean, 
look, we may be the team that gives up a lot more running yards than we like. And Tennessee could get running yards. But it's nearly impossible to see, based on having watched them play a couple of times, it's nearly impossible to see any situation where where we aren't basically almost boredly handing the ball off in the fourth quarter a lot. And frankly, still dominating them. Yeah, right. That's what I mean. This, this feels like, again, because they didn't beat Missouri 41 nothing. This feels like okay. Let's get it together. Let's get it together, and then you can e- and then you can ease down a little in Vanderbilt. Make sure everybody's healthy. Take care of that game. Work on need to work on, and then it gets serious. Now, if if we're not that way, yeah, follow my Twitter. It's going to be interesting because yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. Because that's another possibility in Missouri too. Is we're all seeing this as an aberration. Mm-hmm. Like we're all seeing Missouri as like because you're right. Like they beat a good team while not playing very well. <laughs> but we're all going to the assumption. No, it was 11 a.m. start. It was hard to get up for the game. They were a little bit sloppy. They're young, but the fact is, it's also possible that that actually exposed something. Like I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I don't I'm, think it's I'm, that. I'm but. seeing that. I'm so, I, there's possible that the trend line leveled off. Yeah. And uh, the level off happened against a good Missouri team. Tennessee's still not that team. Yeah. Right. right. I mean, it's just not. Right. Not right now. Do, do, do when Tennessee fans come to Sanford, do they do they still wear the overalls? Do they wear those overalls? Um, they wear those overalls to church. Yeah, they wear those, they wear those overalls everywhere. That's yes, I mean, that's that's those are they. Well, that's when they come down here, they wear their business overalls. But <laughs> yeah. they, the nice overalls. <laughs> yes, they yes. still wear the overalls. I do know um, Although Tennessee, George Tech, Middle Tennessee State, UMass, not unsurprisingly, there were the schools that turned back in tickets. So, yeah. This will be the third of four Tennessee teams that we play this year. Right. Yeah. We could get, we got a winning record at Tennessee already. State champs. Yeah. Y'all want to do the fun stuff? Let's do the fun stuff. That wasn't fun? Talking about Tennessee suckitude? Forgive me. I, I, I'm not drinking this week because I, to to, I have to drive to the airport after I do this show. Yeah, you are so. very lucid. I am lucid and sedate today. But it's still dark. We're just switching everything up. I know. Everything, we're all, our it still doesn't feel off. right. Yeah. It doesn't? No, no, because right. Will's not drinking. I'm not drinking. My body clocks are off today. I'm well, all messed up. Yeah, we did. We kind of missed talking about Jeremy Pruitt in a way that I feel like we have <laughs> left something on the table, right? Do you, do you have something on your chest that you want to I talk about? I don't really know that I have anything on my chest. It just feels like I don't think many Georgia fans have much of an opinion about because he did get us our indoor practice facility, so we're thankful for that. Um, yeah, I just, I, I guess what I hope to see is Jeremy Pruitt rage face. And not in the good way. Like I hope he kicks another, another whiteboard or something. I don't know. I I can't quite put my finger on what about it is. There's something. There's just something about his affect. And and you're right. I think you're right. I think there's a level of admiration for what he brought to the table when he was our guy. Now he's not our guy. It's it's like like I can openly not like Will Muschamp even though he played football for Georgia because he's coached at one of Georgia's biggest rivals in South Carolina. And he has not failed to take the opportunity to take pot shots at Georgia either time. And, you know, whatever. That's fine. I'm fine. I'm, I'm okay with taking his diploma away. Has, <laughs> has Jeremy Pruitt gone to college? Um, I mean, if he has, he's probably lost his diploma. Well, yeah, he lost it because he, <laughs> he was afraid they were going to be Brussels sprouts or he, something he had to look up. You know, there's nothing that really stands out. Uh, historically, about him, yeah, he's got a raging temper at times, but I don't, I don't hate him for that. Well, it's all this, you know. It was also the whole thread of stories about you know the fight and but it was never like proven. That, but um, oh, what happened? Well, of course, um, there's also you know. I mean, listen, uh, drink. Here comes your Seth Emerson uh, uh, shout out. But he's always kind of uh, been said that Pruitt maybe deserves a little bit of credit for getting going with facilities. Well, I think that's right, and. 
it is possible there is a world where you can look at Pruitt in the way he talked with the way he talked about how things were done at other programs. Yeah. Let's, let's be charitable about that. Um, he is more of a curvy smart guy than he is a Mark Rick yes, guy. Yes, one hundred percent. That is probably the way to think about it. One hundred percent. That's probably the, you just very awfully put. While I was going to spend four minutes dancing around. Yeah. Thank right. you, Will. Yeah. That's why he gets paid to do this, and we don't. Hundred percent. We and, and for the record, Will is the only one making a paycheck from waiting since last Saturday. He takes all of the paycheck. That's true. Yeah, I have no other job. I have no other job. I'm just here. Uh, basically, just Scott just comes in and pokes me, and I get out from under the desk and start, start That's right. talking about barstool. All right, so we're going to get into extra stuff. Um, just a couple of things. I mean, this isn't that big of a deal. We hit our 150th episode. I know, that was awesome. Last week nice or yesterday. Do you ever think we'd hit 150? No, no, idea. no. So my... Are recording this all this time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's go, go like, figure. It's not like people can't like find this, can they? <laughs> it's the one... It, well, this is episode 151, but so my question to both of y'all, and I haven't even thought of this premeditatively, mm-hmm. uh, what's your favorite moment anywhere in zero through 150? Does anything just stand out, a podcast moment? Not really. I mean, it's just fun. I mean, I, I can think of like I, I think the way I think of it more is like what episodes did we left when we left and we're like, okay, that was a good one. <laughs> you like, left on the table. That was a good one. And I feel like um, uh, last year's SEC championship game one was a really good one. Yeah, that one. That one. I thought uh, that was the exciting preview that put everything in context. I feel like the pivot, the infamous Rick has been fired. Podcast. I say the post Rick one was. Post-Rick I thought it was really was good. A good one too. And, uh, and, but yeah, I feel like, uh, and the best one we ever did was the big SEC preview we did last year that That never got, that never got saved. (laughs) (laughs) That was the one we absolutely nailed. You need to move your phone, Tony. It keeps giving feedback. You move your phone. So my favorite one, just right off the top of the head, I don't know what number it is. I think it's probably somewhere in the teens or twenties, but Tony and I recorded a podcast episode at La Perea, eating chips and salsa. Yeah, <laughs> I, do, I remember that. Yeah, it was just a random, hey, we need to do a podcast. So yeah. we, we talked to your phone. And I'll be, I, you know, one of the the fun one we did was right after the Notre Dame. I forgot about yeah. Legitimately, oh, yeah. there's a reason I forgot about it, but yeah. I still forgot about that was it. Definitely the first, I do a lot of podcasts. I do a lot of talking, a lot, a lot yeah. of talking on sports in both television and audio. And uh, that was the first time that someone stuck the microphone in my face. And I said, "I better be real careful." Right you got now. a good editor, <laughs> you know. I, I wouldn't let you. I wouldn't leave you hanging <laughs> in the wind. Definitely, like a, well, like I don't. I don't know quite what I'm capable of saying right now because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we've been drinking for a long time. Yes. <laughs> So the next thing, uh, something that was mentioned today was, uh, or actually released today, was Georgia Vanderbilt. We're going to get our first night game of 2018. Homecoming. And so I am going to call for a blackout. Hashtag UGA blackout. Now, here's the thing. Um, I was actually tweeting with Sam Franco on uh, Twitter today about that. He feels the same way I do. I think Logan Booker does as well. Um, I told Sam he needs to talk about it in the next nine days that he has on air leading up to the Vanderbilt game. But here's my opinion on it. Whether or not the dogs come out in black jerseys is kind of beside the point. What I'd like to see, since it's a night game, you're playing Vanderbilt, everybody just wear black because I tweeted out a couple of photos that I took found in the Jawavi Films archives of uh, 2007 Auburn and just the stadium itself looks amazing just all blacked out so um, 
UGA blackout, hashtag UGA blackout. Let's see if uh, we can get 10 people on board with that. Because um, <laughs> the way Tony's looking at me, he's going, that's nah, not going to nah, happen. It's, it's, it's um, Whatever. Yeah, it's fine. It's fun for me. It's uh, it's kind of a uniform S type thing. So, uh, so yeah. They're, uh, Y'all no. do that to make Scott feel good. I'm going to wear my uh, NWO Wolfpack shirt for that. That's what I wear on all the blackouts. Is that, is that wrestling? I yeah. think it is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Hulk Hogan. I know. I do know Hulk Hogan. Yeah, that was good stuff back in the day, <laughs> guys. This is this is where the this is where recorded medium just wasted an opportunity. The look on Will's face. <laughs> so <laughs> that one I know. Do you, do you want me to move on? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, an interesting stat that I heard uh, today was Georgia Missouri last week was the highest rated ESPN noon kickoff game in two years. Wow. College football dying, guys. Some people missed out on some of those classic Illinois-Minnesota games. I guess so. Yes. I guess College so. football is dying. So um, the fun office pools pick them contest, we're going to send out another T-shirt. Apologies to um, Ludicate. I haven't sent it yet. It's it's addressed and it's ready to go. I haven't put it in the mail. So it's coming, it, Chad. It's coming this week. Um, the winner for week four, um, his name sounds kind of Russian, Zoika Zoki. Z-O-K-I-C-A. So maybe a, a Russian guy or maybe I just maybe that's something else or something. But uh yeah, he went nine and one with fifty-two points. That's impressive. This was a weird week. Yeah. This was a weird week. Yeah. This is a week that one thought was gonna be really boring and it yeah. was great. Turned it was great. great. Yeah. It was great. And so for anybody else watch the end of the Army Oklahoma game on Twitch. Uh I did. I, <laughs> I, I saw I was, I was like that was fun. I told Chris I was like, I think I'm breaking some laws. <laughs> yeah, we were taking so many laws. But whatever, you put a Oklahoma game on a pay-per-view for fifty dollars yes. yeah. and it actually gets close. That's what of you course, get. Of course you put it yeah. someone's gonna twitch it. So for the season for front office pools, uh CPA dog is still in first place. Nice. Uh thirty four and eleven with two hundred twenty one points. Uh he's tied with somebody named Mimetes three one seven. 221 points as well. Bernie is at 68. Go um, he's got 189 points. Will comes in at 71 mm. with 188 points, 27 and 18 record. Tony Waller, 88th place. I, I was 25th two weeks ago. <laughs> 88th place. A lot of stuff can change. 182 points. And then I'm 129th, uh, 166 points. I think it's because I always forget to move the confidence yeah. points. But that, <laughs> that is probably why. That's, <laughs> that's something. So the average margin of victory, I get this from my favorite website called winsopedia.com. Yeah. You can compare teams and everything. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're good They're good guys. They were very fast. to. I told them they, were, they had something wrong, and they fixed it. Yeah. The Winsopedia listing, well, this is not like something they came up with. They're just listing the stats, but I found this interesting. The average margin of victory for 2018, the leader of the pack is who and how many points do they win by on average? I'm going to say it's Ohio State, and they win by an average of 36.5 points. You're close. Ohio State's second. Okay. And they win by 37.5 but Bama, you can I just say Bama. Bama yeah, right? yeah, they've they've got a they're at forty one. Yeah. Wow, yeah, Bama um, is fully weaponized, man. Is, never heard of them. Who's they that? are? They are. No, Will. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask you to give me the third place team because you might have some clue on this. They they have an average margin of victory by thirty six. It went up significantly mm-hmm. last week. It went up significantly in a twelve minute stretch. Right. I suspect. Right. Uh, that is of course Penn State. <laughs> it is uh, Penn, Penn State. State. Reminding once again. 24-21, halfway through the third quarter. Ask no more questions about anything else that happened after that moment. 
And then, uh, then a couple of surprises. North Texas is winning by an average of 33 <laughs> points a game. Arkansas, thanks a lot for yeah, that help right. on that. Is North uh, Texas undefeated? They're undefeated? I think yeah. so. I think they are. And uh, then also UCF. 32.3 they uh those fans really will get on your nerves i tell you what watching them on friday night and their police cars that say national champions and their stadium that says national champions this is fine i know i know i know it is fine it's 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 completely it would annoy us a lot it, more if oh if we had one yeah that is there is we would be like that we would we bring it up on it doesn't annoy alabama does it yeah it does I mean, yeah, but it does. It, I'm sure it doesn't annoy them as much as it annoys us. Yes, it yeah. annoys us because we want that so badly. <laughs> and so, it, yeah, we. I have to say, I think we would have to. That, that would be an ongoing mockery thing if, if Georgia had won last year. And tied for six for largest margin of victory, average margin of victory is App State at thirty one point three, and Georgia at thirty one point three. That's a good site. You should go check it out. Winsipedia.com. You can. Add any kind of team and see how many times they've played, who's got the longest win streak, and everything like that. So when I was on Winsipedia, I pulled up Georgia-Tennessee, and I noticed one thing that kind of stood out to me. I noticed that they haven't played that much. I mean, I knew they hadn't, but the number was very low on total, times, right? total games that they've played. So what I'd like for you all to do is to rank the 13 SEC teams in order. You don't have to give me the number of who you think Georgia has played most frequently, to most infrequent. Okay, so you, uh, I'll go first, and we'll go back. And you forth. go first. Okay, um, Auburn. That's correct. They're, they're, we've played Auburn 122 times. Okay, Tennessee. No. no. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Florida. I was thinking last no, week. Sorry. Florida. Yes, you're correct. We've played Florida 95 times. Okay. Third most. Vanderbilt. That's correct. Good call on that. They've played Vanderbilt 78 times. I'm going to go with Kentucky. Fourth place is a tie with Kentucky and? Um, Kentucky and South Carolina. That's correct. Nice. 71 times. Y'all are, y'all are on fire. Okay, the sixth position. 68 times they have played Georgia. Ole Miss. That's incorrect. LSU. No. It's Bama. We played them 68 times. 68 times. Wow. Okay. So that's a West team that's still ahead of Tennessee. So in the seventh position is Tennessee. In fact, Georgia's played Tennessee 47 times, okay. which really seemed low to me. And then you get into the West schools. So in eighth place would be Ole Miss. It would be Ole Miss because we played them a lot yeah, before. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It would be Ole Miss instead of Alabama because we played them every year for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've played Ole Miss 46 times. Okay. And then after that, ninth place would be – it really drops down after this. Yeah. Uh, Mississippi State LSU LSU is in ninth and then Mississippi State is in 10th LSU is 30 and Mississippi State we've played them 24 times okay. and then you've got these are kind of a given you got Arkansas because they yeah. came into the league late we've played Arkansas 14 times and then Missouri and Missouri you got it Missouri yeah. we've yeah. done it 8 and Texas A&M uh, 5 yeah. wow okay five more times they played Illinois you got yeah. it that's only 5 more times um, so our record against Tennessee is we're pretty close to 500, right? Yeah, they're, they're a game or two ahead? Georgia's won 22 times. Tennessee's won 23, and there's been two ties. Okay. I knew it was really close. I just didn't know exactly where it was. Because that is the only SEC East team that we do not have a winning record against, I believe, if I remember right. Another trivia question before I get into a little bowl projection after four weeks. Um, there's two teams in the country with just one turnover. 
Can you name, and they're, they're power five schools. Hmm. Um, and I'll give you a hint. One's in the big 12 and one is in the sec. One turnover. One turnover in the entire four games that they've played. Alabama. No. When the big one? Huh? The big which big which big? 12. Big twelve and SEC. They're tied with one turnover. This is Georgia podcast, so I'll pick Georgia. But no, I know we've had no, more it's, turnovers than that. It's, I'll go ahead and tell you, it's LSU for the SEC. They had their first oh, turnover. That's right, I, I did see that because last year they had incredible. They they turned the ball over a fair amount, and this year it was like there's a regression to me coming. And then who would you pick in the Big Twelve? Kansas. Yes. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Yes, it's Kansas. They have one turnover. I like to note, by the way, Bill Connolly noted this week in the S&P rankings, Kansas is ahead of Kansas State. Really? Yes, that is yes. amazing. Yes. <laughs> that is one spot, absolutely right? amazing. Yeah. And then finally, um, the College Football News had their New Year's Six uh, projections and the College Football <laughs> Playoff. Uh, the Peach Bowl, they had Miami versus Penn State. Mm-hmm. Fiesta, uh, Central Florida versus West Virginia. Central Florida, probably like a word. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, they probably would feel you know dissed. This is not how you treat the defending champion. Exactly. Uh, Rose Bowl, Wisconsin, and Washington. Sugar, Oklahoma, and LSU. Hmm. So that means they put Georgia in the playoffs. Georgia in the Cotton versus Ohio State, and then we've seen this game many times before: Clemson, Bama, yeah. and the Orange Bowl. So that's going. On, I'm going to assume that means that they think Oklahoma is going to lose a game. Right, and Georgia's good. Like, that's the idea, right? We've talked about this before. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Need, you need Oklahoma to lose, or you need Ohio State to lose, or you need... Um, I, I mean, I, I still think there's a world where... I still think there's a world where a one-loss SEC champion gets in over... An undefeated Power an 5 undefeated team. undefeated no Power way. 5 team. No way. The one that misses there is, is Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, Notre Dame... They're going to uh, lose this week. They play Stanford. Okay, well, it's in our pool. Okay. So. Yeah. I just don't, I don't see any way... An undefeated, like they put an undefeated. Yeah, Florida, I guess that's right. They put an undefeated Florida State team that everybody knew wasn't good. Yeah, and, and, and they put yeah. them. So, yeah, that's true. That's true. I, an undefeated team. I don't. I don't think. I don't think you can possibly get them out. So that's the idea. And listen, I'll, I, if Georgia goes undefeated and loses the SEC championship game, as long as there are enough not, they're not going to put a one loss team over. A one yeah, that's that, Yeah, yeah. So you just need some yeah. of those teams to, to fall out. And frankly, it usually happens. Like, how many, yeah. Yeah. remember how many undefeated teams there were in the playoff last year? Remember Oklahoma? Yeah. Basically, needed a prayer to beat Army. Yes. Yes. Exactly. All right. You want to get the picks? Yes. We'll start on Friday. UCLA at undefeated Colorado. Colorado is favored by ten and a half points. Yeah, this is our high spread. I'm picking the buffs. Yeah, I think UCLA may actually they're they're doing the West Coast lovey of just like breaking everything down yeah. and starting completely over. They're really bad. It'd be nice if UCLA and like Arkansas could play or something like that, just you know, for a sadness bowl. UCLA's <laughs> two thousand twenty three when they play Georgia. Uh, I think we got there in twenty two. Twenty two. I think. I so think that's, that's yeah. four years. Yeah, four years. No, I, we play Oregon in twenty two. Do we? Yeah. Okay, then twenty three. Okay. I mean, we got there in some time. Twenty four. I don't know when. Something it is. like that. Somebody would correct us. Yeah, um, West Virginia, Texas Tech. Texas Tech looking fun. Texas Tech looking looking feisty. Heisman tree, tree, uh, Heisman Trophy leader Will Greer at Texas Tech. What's the spread on that game? Three and a half. West Virginia. Man, ranked I, teams too. Tech, Tech's ranked twenty uh, fifth. You know, I'm on I'm on the I'm on the West Virginia train right now. Give me West Virginia. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm going to take them as well. West, um, by God, Virginia. 
Florida State at Louisville. By the way, yeah, this is this, this is a sadness <laughs> bowl. I put this on there on purpose. Actually, I, you can you can give my wife credit for putting this on there. We sat down last night. I said, "What do you think on there?" She's like, "Oh, Florida State, Louisville, one hundred percent." Florida State's favored. Yeah, because Louisville can't. I, I'll take Florida State, but man. That's probably going to put that as a one. I will also take Florida State. I'm going to hold my nose and take Louisville. I never pick for or pro Bobby Petrino because I despise him. But um, I'm going to pick them just because Florida State has looked terrible. Um, Arkansas State, the better. So have you watched Louisville? <laughs> I know. No, I haven't. I saw him against Alabama, but everybody looks like that against Alabama. The better of the Arkansas, mm-hmm. Arkansas State, State. <laughs> goes to Georgia Southern. Give me the Eagles. I will take Arkansas State. I'll take uh, the Eagles as well. Uh, Ohio State at Penn State. That's a big that's a game. Is that, that where game day is going to be? Okay. Be, yeah. Listen, obviously we saw what Penn State did at the end of the game against Illinois. Illinois was able to run on them. Uh, able to run on them pretty well. Like you, if you watch any of that game, Epstein was good. Uh, they've got they've got Bonner. Bonner's good. They had, Illinois has some good running backs and a okay, if inexperienced, offensive line. Ohio State has a lot more than that. And I think that is that's the thing with me. I think Penn State may have been looking past Illinois a little bit and let them let them kind of take advantage of it a little bit before they kind of woke up and did it. You can't do that against Ohio State. It's kind of been Penn State's thing all year. They start a little slow and then stop on your next. If you start slow against Ohio State, you're toast. Uh, I'm taking Ohio State. Yeah, I have to assume Penn, uh, Ohio State has better runbacks than Epstein and Horshack. So give me Ohio State. <laughs> do you think um, Epstein's from Florida? We, we got a recruit from Florida. We're just so excited. Do you think? Urban Meyer's going to hear the boo birds, and if he does, does Penn State have the right to boo Urban uh, Meyer? Penn State doesn't have the right to boo anyone about any other scandal ever the rest yes, of the year. Yes, 100%. Right. Oh, they're going to, of course, but... Yeah, they will boo him while saying, bring back Jopa's statue, so yeah. I don't want to hear it. Um, Stanford at Notre Dame. <laughs> Did you watch how Stanford won that game? I, I saw it the next morning. Um, they shouldn't they have won. They should have lost to Oregon. Like five times. <laughs> um, yeah, two weeks ago, I would have said this is a lock up Stanford, but I, I can't do that now. I'm, I've got to say Notre Dame. I feel like when you win a game like that, it wakes you up. I actually think Stanford upsets them and beats them. Notre Dame was kind of pedestrian uh, in their first three games, winning against Michigan, Ball State, and Vanderbilt, and then they put it on Wake Forest, even though they gave up 27 points. They scored 56. But I'm kind of with Will. Um, I think with Bryce Love and Stanford's, you know, I mean, they got all the receivers, and I really like their coach. What's his name? Who? Stanford's David Shaw. Kid. David Shaw. I really like David Shaw, <clears throat> and, um, you know, I think they're made to win games like this, and the grass that's, what, eight inches high or something. Well, no, they have turf there now. They're nice to get Notre Dame out of the way. Like, Notre Dame is yeah, this is, yeah, this is, <laughs> Southern Cal's not going to do it. Um, yeah, yeah, I think Stanford takes it. Oregon, I bet they're hurting. They're they're going to upstart California. Yeah, this is another ranked uh, two ranked teams. All right, so yeah, yeah, California's ranked twenty fourth, and Oregon hung on there and is still ranked nineteenth. I gotta say, Oregon looked really good last week, and I didn't and, think they were that good yet. No, I didn't either. But they, uh, I mean, either they let Stanford beat beat them twice, or they just housed California. Yeah. I think they're gonna house them. I think they will too. California beat a terrible North Carolina team, and they beat Brigham Young, which that's BYU's only loss. But, um, yeah, I think Oregon is a good team, and hopefully Cristobal has his troops. Maybe maybe what he did was he got uh, Coach Feld in their ear all week, and he's going to you know fire him up. So, mustache. Yeah, so I'm going to pick Oregon. 
Uh, now we're into the SEC. Ole Miss travels to LSU, and that is a night game. Twelve and a half for LSU. Part of me wants to be like, is, is, how many points can LSU score? And then you remember that Southern Illinois scored like 45 on Mississippi. Uh, I think LSU wins, and I think this is their, okay, we can actually win big if we have to. Yeah, I think LSU wins, although I think it's going to be interesting late. Um, this is the biggest rivalry that LSU has. Now, people say it's Bama. No, 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 no. No, they want to beat Bama. They want Ole Miss to die, uh, and vice versa. This game is going to be really, really interesting late, but I still think LSU wins. Yeah, I think LSU as well. Carolina at Kentucky. <laughs> C-A-T-S, cats, cats, cats. I will say if South Carolina wins this game, that like if you don't have your hotel rooms already, you really need to get the hotel rooms for the SEC championship game. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody asked on Twitter how soon Georgia could clinch the SEC East. Not this soon. Not this soon, but close. <laughs> well, no, this game, it, it probably would be after after the Kentucky game. Right? Well, well, I, don't know, I don't know who Kentucky plays next week, but if like... Well, if, if it's if Kentucky, it would be November 3rd. We only have one SEC game yeah, left. Right, right. They go to Texas A&M next week. They probably lost. Well, now think about it. It doesn't matter. If, yeah, if, Kentucky, if South Carolina wins... And this then they week, lose to Texas A&M, and Georgia doesn't lose in that time. They could theoretically have it convinced, clinched before they play at LSU. No, we can still lose three. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. We can still lose three games, yeah. but certainly November third. Right. I mean, technically, I mean, we could could clinch it towards Florida, but it's still way early. Yeah, it's still way early. So you got Kentucky. Yeah. Oh yeah. This feels like Kentucky getting really, really excited. Like they always have these big games that mm-hmm. they get really, really up for. And then it's like, this is it, this is it, this is it. They thought Georgia was this game a couple of years ago. I'm actually going to take South Carolina. I like the way you're thinking, but Kentucky's good. Kentucky's going to go to 5 and 0. Florida at Mississippi State. This is the game that everybody, <laughs> the, the unpartial observer, has been waiting for. Boy, it's Mississippi State set for a get-right game. <laughs> um, this would be a good one for it. Yeah, it's, it's hard to pick anything but Mississippi State here. I mean, Florida doesn't have the defense Kentucky has, um, which is a really weird thing to say. <laughs> but I, I think it can be pointsy. I just think if you're going to get a pointsy game, it's Mississippi State. Yeah, this is the time when uh, the wounded team comes back home and you, – there's never been a game like this because they loved Dan Mullen. Right. And then he left right. thinking he could get away from Mississippi State. Probably didn't check the schedule when he <laughs> um, left. I think his agent said, don't worry about the schedule. Look at the numbers. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, it's funny. If he had gone one year later, he would just never have to worry about this game. <laughs> right. Yeah. But he wasn't going to go to Florida if he right. went one year later. Exactly. So I think Mississippi State, big. And then Georgia-Tennessee, what kind of score predictions do you have for that? You know, it's easy to look at this game and just assume that Georgia's going to grasp hold of it and just kind of take their not, – not take their foot off the gas, but stop scoring and, you know, be a 30, 35, 40 point – 30, 35 points, right? I think Georgia's going to score more than that. Um, 47-7, 47-10 feels right. Cover that spread. Yeah, I'm thinking more like, – about 42-7. Sounds about right. And uh, if they want to go more, they will, but I don't think they yeah. will. I think they'll lay off. So. Yeah, Georgia's winning by what I say, 31.3 points per game. I think that's going to be 
it could be higher or low. Let's say 28. You know, I, I, I could be 28 nothing at halftime. I, and then that's the question is what they do. Well, if it's 28 nothing at halftime, it, right. we might not cover. Right. Because right. 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 then you just trade touchdowns with them. See, I'm, I'm kind of thinking that the game's going to be more like you look at the box score and see Georgia scored seven in the first, right. seven in the second. 14 in the third and seven in the fourth, you know, right. some kind of pedestrian 35 to yeah, three to 10. Then you're kind of like, well, we didn't cover, but you know, it's just going to be, but we also uh, had the ball 46. Minutes. I know, yeah. I know, I know. And it'll be, and, and that's where we are now as Georgia fans. It'll be a 20 something point one. We'll be kind of like, Hmm. Yeah. All right. On to Vanderbilt. It's always good to be Tennessee guys. Yeah. Always good. And this will totally is going to happen. So it'll be fun. Yeah. We'll enjoy it. We'll yeah. be able to have fun with it. There you go. And y'all are going. Yep. Yes, yes, absolutely. We'll be, we'll be there. We'll see all of y'all on campus as well. <laughs> well that was good. I like that. All right. Go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. Every now and then I like to remind y'all that we try to offer so much more than just a couple podcast episodes each week. We are very interactive on Twitter and we also contribute content to Facebook and Instagram. So you can find us on all social media just by looking up at WSLS Podcast. Also, make sure to bookmark WSLSpodcast.com as blog posts are starting to become more and more prevalent. There's a midweek Linkapalooza piece that I write every week where I scour the internet trying to find fun and interesting UGA-centric and college football-related content to share every Wednesday. Hopefully soon I'll convince Tony or Will, or Tony and Will, to start contributing articles as well. If you catch our podcast via iTunes, please consider subscribing and leaving us a rating and review. We discuss and read all reviews on future shows. Looking forward to an awesome tailgate experience and game versus the Vols on Saturday. Have a great rest of your week. Hope to see you all on campus. And as always, go dogs. Go dogs.